Hey there. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive. Mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. everyone. Welcome back to Coffee with the Docs. We are so happy to have you here. Today, we have a very exciting episode on a topic we haven't talked about in like well over a year, yeah. which is CBD and the whole like endocannabinoid system. So kind of a life update. I've taken on a new exciting role with a new company called Fringe in addition to practice. And um we're launching this new company that is like very different, more documentary style based education for health and wellness providers and really high quality products. So the first kind of category we're tackling is CBD and hemp and you know, what's going on there. So we had on today, Allison Evans, who's the co-CEO of the company and Genevieve Newton, who is the full-time scientific director of the company. So she's like, you guys will see in the episode, like the smartest person I've ever met. (laughs) And she's the one, like she reads the research every single day. And let me tell you, the research on cannabis is changing every single day. So she stays up on it, on what we know, and like almost more importantly, what we don't know, you know, that's part of what I was just so impressed with. um, This company is how transparent they are and just honoring like look this is new there is a lot we don't know and here's what we do know and like the benefits we've seen and it's gonna change and that's okay so it was a really really informative episode I mean I thought it was great and I really love that they're super education focused um just because she was talking a lot about how you know, it's an industry that people need education on and that she's Mm -hmm. passionate and wants to provide it because let's be honest, like you can get CBD anywhere. And Mm -hmm. so why should somebody get fringes CBD when you Mm -hmm. can get it at the gas station or wherever? Right. And I just know, like as a naturopathic doctor, I get an email probably once a week asking me to partner with a CBD company. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many CBD companies out there right now that it's hard to differentiate why you want one versus the other. And I even like how she was talking about just how like the delivery system is different too, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like doing more of like an emulsification and water and stuff. So yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And so, you know, in the episode, especially the second half, we get into the nitty gritty of like the endocannabinoid system, which is fascinating to learn about like why CBD products and how they work in your body. And our company is really focused on CBD and its effects on pain, sleep, and mental health. So uh, Genevieve takes us through kind of the current research on that, what we know. And um, yeah. 
And like you said, the delivery system is different with these products. So it's another reason we wanted to talk about it. We talk about the differences between like oil-based CBD products, which is probably how most of you guys have consumed CBD thus far in like tinctures or capsules and fringes products, which are water emulsion based, which means it's a odorless, flavorless powder that just dissolves into literally anything. So it's a totally different way to consume it, but it's more bioavailable for your body to absorb and stays in your system longer. So we like that. We love it. And you guys get to try it. So yay. By the time this launches, we'll have a little discount code for you. So just check it out in the show notes and try it for yourself. Yep. So check out the information in the show notes. We've got a discount code for you guys. If you are a provider in health and wellness, you can also check out the um, webinars we have out there, as well as you can very easily get access to medical provider pricing too, which is a huge plus. Absolutely. So enjoy guys. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee with the Docs. Today, I am so excited for this interview. I'm interviewing two people. It's actually really rare that we have a podcast with three people. So this is super fun. And I can't wait to introduce them to you. We have Allison Evans and Genevieve Newton. And you ladies, actually, I'd love for you first to start by just doing a brief introduction of yourselves for our listeners before we get started. So why don't have you go first, Allie? Yeah, my name's Allison. I am a mom, first and foremost, living in Colorado with three beautiful children. I'm also a chiropractor. I've been a chiropractor for about 20 years, but really only practiced about seven or eight years and have been on the business side of, I guess you could say, health and wellness for Uh, the past two decades. So my passion really lies around um, growing businesses and communities and professional continuing education. So that's my summary. Awesome. Okay. I'm Genevieve. Uh, Most people call me Jen. Uh, I have some other nicknames, but we'll stick with Jen. And I'm also a mom and a chiropractor. Um, But uh, chiropractic college was sort of... um, not the end of my educational journey. I uh, got really interested in nutritional sciences when I was in chiropractic college and I ended up going to graduate school after that. And uh, that's sort of where I've stayed and lived for the last 19 years or so. Um, After doing my PhD, I got a job at the University of Guelph where I have been working as a professor for the last uh, 10 years. And I'm currently um, transitioning out of that role into a new job as a, a scientific director at Fringe. Amazing. Interesting fact, Genevieve and I were roommates in chiropractic college. Yes, we were. It was a very special three years. Allison, uh, I owe a lot, a debt of gratitude to you to making my days much happier than they would have been otherwise. Right. (laughs) So we were, we were incredibly compatible living together. It was amazing. I love that so much. And we all went to the same chiropractic college. We we did. It's very exciting with the Canadians. And you're both Canadian. That's correct. Right. Yeah. So if you hear amazing pronunciations of words, yeah, that's where it's from. Pronunciation Pro- of words. Then <laughs> Let's be clear the proper way. Yeah. If you hear us really work through our syllables and our vowels, then don't make fun of us. Right. So I know you ladies have listened to our podcast before. 
we start out every episode, we ask our guests the same two questions. So we're going to go through them for each of you. Question number one, since the title of our podcast is Coffee with the Docs, we'd love to ask everyone, like, what's your current beverage you like to cozy up to? Anything like fun you're drinking as part of your morning or nighttime routine? And then the second question is, what is your latest biohack? Why don't you go first, Allie? Yes, wonderful. Well, for the past uh, year and a half, I've been immersed in the hemp cannabis CBD industry. So my drinks and my biohacking are definitely colliding um, into trying to learn and understand more about this industry and the products that are available and how they can help us and how they work and when are they working. So I would say um, the most regular, I'm um, unfortunately an inconsistent person, if we're being super honest on this podcast. And so it's interesting, Genevieve and I are, are complete opposites in the in the way that Genevieve is a tremendously um, phenomenal routine creator, and, and I'm quite the opposite. But a very regular for me is hot lemon water right now with our CBD powder. So we make a water soluble CBD powder, so it doesn't taste like anything. Mm -hmm. And that is a consistent um, routine for me. I have created that to be a very relaxing ritual, but also an energizing ritual. If I uh, kick it in the morning when it's cold, cold lemon water with uh, CBD powder and in the evening, hot lemon water with CBD powder. Nice. So those, those are my drinks and biohacks colliding. I love it as one. That's great. Efficient. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Totally. All right. How about you, Jen? Uh, So I do something similar. And right now I have a uh, sparkling water mixed with um, organic ginger puree that also has uh, a CBD water soluble powder in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Biohacks. I I have a bit of a problem in that respect. I'm kind of always biohacking in some way uh, to the point where it's a little bit of an obsession. Um, and I'm going to be starting a new one tomorrow. I I just finished reading a book about, um, microglial activation in the brain. And one of the dietary ways of kind of rebooting microglia is a fasting mimicking diet. And Mm -hmm. so I have purchased all of the food that I would need to consume for five days and I'm going to give it a try. Are you doing the prolon? I am not doing prolon specifically because I hate olives and prolon has oh, a lot yeah, of that's olives. That's a problem in it. if you're doing yeah. prolon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a and real prolon, problem. It's also a lot of uh, monies if you don't want to eat all of the food that's being mm-hmm. provided to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. took a look at the diet and I, because I'm a nutritional scientist by training, it's not difficult to figure out um, what to consume totally. instead. So uh, I, I can check in with you in five days and let you know if I really nice. do feel like I am hoping I will feel. Right. Totally. <clears throat> I personally really like Polon. I've done it a handful of times. So, but I also like olives. There you go. Mm. <laughs> I mean, They're very, very healthy. It's not for any kind of criticism of their nutritional value. It is simply a flavor. Oh, totally. Totally. All right. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So we're going to kind of start out this interview. I want to start with you, Allie, and just, I want to hear a bit of your story. Like, you started out as a practicing Cairo, right? How did that like take a turn into the business side? It, yeah, I know it, the crazy thing is, is it took a turn before I even had graduated. So possibly I've been setting up businesses since I was 
maybe seven or eight, honestly. <laughs> and so it really isn't surprising looking back that I was, you know, um, hustling in chiropractic school to essentially help a company that was launching a foot orthotic uh, brand. And I really loved the education and the messaging. So as I was mm -hmm. in my last year of chiropractic school, as you know, we're all in clinic and we're seeing patients. Um, that's when I think you start to build relationships with products. And I loved that aspect of healthcare and wellness and chiropractic care. And so I was always really, um, you know, kind of the person who would get more involved than the average person in what we were doing at school. And um, I really loved this orthotic company. And so I took a job as a sales rep before I even graduated chiropractic college. And by sales rep, I, the goal was for me to introduce people to the education and the product. And mm -hmm. so I um, graduated, moved to Colorado, was interviewing for chiropractic jobs while I was simultaneously exposing people, you know, to, to this really amazing orthotic uh, company that I was working with. And I, um, right off the bat, just started making courses and educational courses. I was super passionate about foot biomechanics at the time and remained passionate about it for about a decade and just set up courses and taught people about foot biomechanics and leg length discrepancies and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, so I, I don't, I mean, I, I did definitely practice full time, but I would say five years into practice, I, you know, the business aspect of it was so it, thrilling for me. I loved mm -hmm. setting up lectures for my clinic. I loved delivering the lectures. I loved getting a new patient. I loved the patient coming in and me figuring out what was going to be the best plan for them. But when it came to the routine care part, I, it was not something for me. And right. so, you know, seven, I guess it was about seven years into practice. I started looking uh, for somebody to, you know, come and take over my practice so I could do business full-time. So totally. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is I feel like now I'm actually more passionate about our profession than I was at that time because I've worked with chiropractors mm -hmm. since the day I graduated. And I think now I have this overwhelming respect for the chiropractors who have been in business, treating people 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love meeting with them at conventions and talks and connecting with them. Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. Totally. Professionally, that's, that's the journey that I went on. So, yeah. And what got you into the place then of all of your interest in CBD and the cannabis industry? You know, um, so for the past 10 years, I had worked at Rock Tape developing their education platform alongside kind of growing the brand and the company in the medical community. And as CBD started to become a hot topic, I guess you could say four or five years ago with the beginning of legalization of cannabis in certain states. And then in 2018, when the farm bill passed and hemp became legal to farm, as I was going to conventions and realizing like, you know, there's such an opportunity opportunity here. And so I think the real shift for me when I see a product that really requires education for our profession to be doing mm -hmm. right by the consumer and their patients, 
then I really see an opportunity and that excites me from a business mm-hmm. standpoint. So I saw the CBD industry as like, whoa, nobody really knows what they're talking about. CBD is now everywhere. The consumer's confused. Our patients are confused. Doctors are confused. Mm-hmm. And this lights me up, you know, from a standpoint of like checking all the boxes. I personally um, am interested in it and have been working with CBD now for the past few years um, for sleep, anxiety, pain, um, you know, anything that I can kind of sort of self-experiment with. And I just think there's a large opportunity for healthcare professionals to be the source of knowledge Mm -hmm. for consumers versus the gas station attendant. Yes. (laughs) That's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) So I think we're going to see huge changes in the CBD market. I think Mm -hmm. something that I love about it too, that I didn't realize is I love the farming aspect that we are now making a product that is farmed in the U S that I can learn about farming, had no idea, but I might want to be a farmer. That was something I didn't know about myself. So I love the idea of a plant being cultivated. I love the history of hemp tremendously. I'm um, infatuated with thousands of years of use. Um, and, and I think that there's a really profound story to bring to the consumer about mm-hmm. how this really has always been a part of our bodies and our surroundings and our environment and a hundred years that we haven't been using hemp or CBD or cannabis is a really small, it's like a little tick in a timeline. So if we look mm-hmm. at the timeline of humans, a hundred years is like just one little yeah. thing, you no know? Um, so, so yeah, I just feel like the industry as a whole for me has everything that really motivates me to go, you know, build a team and build a community and deliver really valuable education and products to people. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yep. So talk to me about your company, Fringe, which we've yep. kind of briefly spoke to. What makes Fringe different than, like you've said now, everyone has CBD, right? right. It's at gas stations. It's in every grocery store. It's a million different ones you can buy on Amazon. So what is so different about Fringe? Education will be paramount. So Mm -hmm. sort of uh, staying on top of and being willing to change the questions we're asking, the answers we have, um, and providing that education on multiple levels. So educating healthcare professionals and then educating the consumer as to what they should be looking for in a CBD product in the future, CBD will be regulated by the FDA and there won't be as many bad products that are out Mm -hmm. there as there are right now. So our differentiating factors right now in an unregulated industry um, heavily rely on the amount of time and money we put into testing and ensuring safety of the product. So all of our products are tested from the time the plants are harvested from the farms to then after we extract oils out of that plant biomass, we then test the product again. And then we test our final product before we would send it out to mm-hmm. anybody, um, you know, for consumption. And so 
That is very important in an unregulated industry. Once the industry becomes regulated, that'll be expected. You know, I don't go buy fish oils at Whole Foods and think that I'm getting, you know, some really bizarrely poisonous, you know, toxic fish oil. I assume that there are standards in place that protect me. And right now that's a, that's a hard thing that the consumer has to take that extra step. So what that is the regulation and the testing side of it that I emphasize hugely right now um, that we are putting the time and energy into probably the biggest differentiator with the product is that about a year ago, I became very interested in water soluble uh, CBD or uh, hemp type products. And most of the hemp products that people take right now are oils, or maybe they're in like an edible form, like a gummy or something like that. So they take their CBD. And and I personally, uh, this is a very much so a, a personal story. I hated it. So I was buying it. And I hated it. I didn't want to hold it under my tongue. I thought it tasted horrible. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't notice like a tremendous effect very quickly. So I started, you know, diving into if there were other options. And I had learned of some, a group of food scientists who were essentially making water soluble emulsions of CBD. So all they really were doing is taking this, think of, think of it as like a blob of oil. And they were taking that oil and making it into a tiny, you know, a million tiny little oil blobs that they would put a, an emulsion or a coating around those little um, blobs to make the CBD better dispersible in our, in our bodies and in Mm -hmm. our digestive system. So we could um, have access to the CBD quicker, uh, meaning that we feel the effects quicker, uh, that we have more of it available or absorbed by our bodies. And then honestly, that the experience was more enjoyable. So no gag for me, I'm just an, I'm not a great supplement. I do not have a master's in nutrition and I've already disclosed that I struggle with routine. And so anybody (laughs) who knows about this would know that, you know, taking um, supplements regularly for me, I need to feel an effect and I, and I won't, you know, like oil of oregano and I, we don't get along. And everyone says, when you get sick, you should take oil of oregano. I'm not going to do it. I just won't do it. And, and I just, it's so intense. It's so intense. And I just want to be honest with people, you know, that I think people do things that are um, easy and enjoyable and that that should not be shamed. Um, And that's probably, I think I'm like most people um, in that I wouldn't mind enjoying what I'm buying and taking. So the water soluble powders have no taste. Um, they're in your blood within 15 minutes. Uh, so if you're taking them for anxiety or sleep, you don't kind of have to sit around and wait for three, four hours to see if it's taking an effect and there's no taste. So it's a very easy daily routine. So that is, that's fringe. I mean, um, education is going to make us uh, stand out on both a medical and consumer level. And then I think a commitment to learning and always making sure that we are challenging ourselves to do better um, will keep us very relevant. 
in this industry. This industry is going to change a ton uh, mm-hmm. every single year. And that I actually think is super exciting. Yeah, totally. Well, and I yeah. just think the education piece is so huge, right? I mean, I yeah. have this discussion with my patients all the time. Like you have to understand why you're taking a product and what it's doing for you. Or usually compliance is super low. It's Very like, low. I don't know. Yeah. My practitioner told me to take these five things a day. I don't even remember why or what they do. Like that's never going to last. And so yeah. I think it's so important that consumers and providers alike really like are learning about this stuff and it's hard to find good education also on this topic. Yeah. I think I love that I'm a one of the doctors, but also a consumer who wouldn't Mm -hmm. do that. Right. So I wouldn't just take a stack of 12 vitamins without, um, knowing why, Mm -hmm. um, and feeling an effect. So I, I, I really stand behind that people really should understand how something is working on a basic level, you know, why it's working, um, and know when it should be working. Like, mm-hmm. should I be feeling something, you know, do I have to wait 30 days? Is this something that I should be feeling right away? Like, give me some information. Um, and then, you know, being able to provide answers um, mm-hmm. centered around, you know, this type of discussion is, is really important to me because that's how mm-hmm. I consume. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm actually loving, you know, that we've rounded out our team with people that have very differing backgrounds. Genevieve and I have super, even though we're chiropractors, we have super different backgrounds mm-hmm. and she could definitely bring all of the science as to why I personally should be taking something but it still needs to be something that I experience positively for myself. Yeah. And like so. you said, to know what to expect. And I feel like yeah. up until I've learned so much from being involved with Fringe, obviously just for a short time, up until I've delved into this stuff, I had no idea with CBD, like as a provider and as a consumer, right? Like, to me, it's always been kind of a crapshoot. Like, Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, best sleep I've ever had. The next day I felt like it did nothing. Right. You know, so, and I've seen that with patients too, just like really, really variable results. So there's a lot of power into like doing the hard work and the research to find some consistency and, and some data to back it up. So I so appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like Genevieve is better suited to talk about like where we can go in the future with this. But if we're not able to help people understand what's working and Mm -hmm. why it's working and when it's working, then, you know, that's a failure on our part. And so we're just beginning and super dedicated to the, what, the, when, and the why uh, of CBD, but man, it is going to change so Mm -hmm. much. Mm-hmm. You know, as we, and the crazy thing is, I mean, the research will change it a little bit, but I actually think our product development and what we do will be heavily influenced by the people who consume the products and the feedback that they give us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. Okay. We're going to segue into Jen. Okay. A scientist is up. All right. What do you got for me, Abby? <laughs> okay. So I'd love to just kind of break down some basics, like ins and outs of CBD for people. Um, because I feel like so many terms and names are thrown around and people don't really understand the differences. And so this will be super informative for our listeners. So 
talk to me about first, what is CBD? Okay. So, so CBD is the acronym for cannabidiol and it's a cannabinoid. And so this is a a molecule that's from the cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's considered to be a major cannabinoid because it's found in really high concentrations in the hemp, in the hemp version specifically. So the, the other major cannabinoid, there's two of them is THC. And a lot of people are obviously familiar with both CBD and THC, maybe not Mm -hmm. necessarily knowing what they are or what they do. Um, but these two, these two major cannabinoids are really kind of the the bread and butter of the cannabis plant. They're certainly not the only things that are in there, but they're the two that uh, are found in the highest concentrations by far. Obviously, well, I think maybe in a little bit, we'll get into talking about some differences in in strains of of the Mm -hmm. cannabis plant, but in hemp anyway, CBD is found in very high concentrations. And uh, it's something that has been being researched for the last 30 years or so. And we're learning a lot about how it works in the body. And, and it's really proving to be uh, just a fascinating journey. Love that. So, okay, some terms I'm sure everyone has heard. I'd love for you to quickly just tell us the difference between CBD, then there's hemp you hear all the time. Yeah. Marijuana, cannabis. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's really uh, just the the lexicon, the language here is super confusing mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be, but my goodness, it, it really is. Um, so from a botanical perspective, cannabis sativa is the name for both hemp and marijuana. So mm-hmm. botanically, they are the same thing. Anybody who has ever seen those plants, pictures of the plants or, or in person, you know that they look really different. So essentially over the last many thousand years, this plant has been selectively bred to achieve different outcomes. Um, And there are hundreds of strains. It's really, really changed a lot. So in the 1970s, I can't remember the name of the author, but there was somebody that wrote a book and it was a book about the semantics of naming in the cannabis plant. And they suggested this arbitrary definition of 0.3% THC Mm-hmm. as being the, the amount of THC that should be in the hemp plant. We're going to call those plants hemp. And then the other plants that have more than 0.3% THC, we're going to call those marijuana. So super uh, arbitrary. Um, but the term marijuana and, and hemp also began being used um, quite widely in, in the early 1900s and all of the, the cannabis prohibition uh, and the prohibition of marijuana. Uh, that term actually got legalized. And so it may Made its way into the political system and um it's not going to find its way out any anytime soon it's you know marijuana is a schedule one drug marijuana contains supposedly high levels of uh you know thc although there are many strains now that have a lot of variability in terms of their cbd and thc percentages um but to kind of go back to the beginning of your question what's the difference? So botanical name of the plant is, is cannabis sativa, which we short form to cannabis. And then legally speaking, hemp is cannabis that has uh, less than 0.3% THC in it. And marijuana has more than 0.3% THC in it. Got it. Great. So if someone is consuming CBD, does it have THC? So good question. Um, it depends what product you're consuming. So Mm -hmm. if you are consuming a CBD isolate, that is only supposed to be 
to CBD. Yeah, um, supposed to. Right. I have to say, uh, <laughs> yes. supposed to, because research has shown, you know, the government and different research groups have gone and taken a number of CBD products, buy them off the shelves, brought them into the lab, analyzed them. And it turns out that many of them have contained appreciable amounts of THC, probably enough to get people high. Um, and it likely speaks to some of the adverse events associated with CBD consumption that have been reported. But a CBD isolate product should not contain any THC. There are other forms of CBD products, so broad spectrum products, full spectrum products. Broad spectrum products don't contain THC. Full spectrum products can contain the amount of, of THC that was in the hemp plant itself. Mm -hmm. So should be point less than 0.3%, but that can work out to be somewhat significant if you're taking, you know, a pretty big dose of it. Right. Totally. And now I've heard this from patients. People ask all the time, is CBD addictive? Like, should mm -hmm. you be worried about getting addicted to it or having to consume more and more and more as you continue using it? Yeah, absolutely not. So there have been pretty extensive research studies on that. And, you know, an animal model is usually the typical model for addiction and they use a mouse uh, and, and or a rat and they, they have these very, you know, standardized protocols that they can figure out, is this animal addicted to this substance? CBD mm -hmm. people, there's zero addictive potential to it. THC is a different story. So THC does have um, some addictive potential. It's not anywhere near as high as something like an opioid. It's not as high as alcohol. It's not as high mm -hmm. as nicotine. Um, but statistically, uh, so I need to kind of differentiate between THC and cannabis. The animal studies looking at the addictive potential of THC have been done with like an isolated THC. And actually it's mm. often, it's often a synthetic version, which has a much higher affinity for the receptors in the brain. So right. those studies are a little bit flawed in that respect, but we can look at cannabis users who um, are consuming cannabis regularly and frequently. And the statistic that always gets, you know, thrown around and um, it's, it seems to be quite accurate is that approximately 9% of regular heavy cannabis users will show some kind of, um, addiction, which is typically termed, uh, the, a cannabis use disorder. And that's mm -hmm. a, a DSM five definition. Now, a little bit of a qualifier to that though, is that, um, note that I said regular, frequent, heavy use, right. we right. are not talking about people that are consuming, you know, two milligrams, five milligrams, like a careful meter dose, you know, in a medical context. So we don't have much research on the, um, uh, incidence of cannabis use disorder in medical cannabis users, but it basically seems to be zero. So people right. that are using cannabis for medical purposes are not getting addicted. You know, mm -hmm. it's people, and, and, and we really often don't know what are the, you know, what's causal and, and, and what's the correlation. So if you have somebody who's, um, self-medicating because of, um, you know, some kind of psychiatric experiences and, and perhaps they're predisposed to consuming higher levels of substances, you right. might kind of link that. It's like, yes, they have a heavy use of, of cannabis, but perhaps it's not the cannabis that is causing that heavy use, right? 100%, it's not actual right. addiction to it. If they weren't using cannabis, would it be alcohol or other drugs yeah. or something else? Yeah. And you do yeah. often see that this comorbidity, you don't usually see people with cannabis use disorder, just consuming cannabis often they're consuming other things. Mm, as well. Interesting. Great. Okay. So I know this is like such a loaded question and you could go on for 18 hours, 
So I'm really going to challenge you with this, Jen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> Briefly. Yep. How does CBD work in the body? Like, I think so many people have heard, um, I should take CBD. It has all these health benefits. It's all the rage. Everyone's taking it, but like, what is it actually doing in your body to help like restore balance? Yeah. So I would say that the, the really short answer to that is that we, we know a, a fair bit at this point about the targets that CBD interacts with in the body. So we know that when it is ingested, there are over 65 molecular targets. So it binds to receptors. It interacts with enzyme activity. It binds to, uh, interacts with ion channels. So lots and lots of different targets distributed all throughout the body, but kind of what happens downstream from that, that's, those are all the mysteries that still remain to be solved. Um, it's incredibly difficult to unravel those mysteries on a molecular level, but just even by knowing what the target is, it gives us a pretty good idea. And so there really is no way to answer your question in a brief fashion, because Mm -hmm. there are so many molecular targets, right? That's really the answer to your question. That's why it can do so much is because it, it, it's so unusual in that way. Um, the term that's used for it is a, it's a, it has promiscuous polypharmacy. It's a great term that gets used in the, in the cannabis Hmm. literature, but that's exactly what it does. It comes into our body and it does so many different things. And so for people, and I was certainly one of those people who was like, how can this you know, one molecule possibly do all of these things, right? Right. I'm a super skeptic, perceptual person by nature. And I just, I hear these right. things. Like and it's the I cure all. Yeah. yeah. And so I dive into the literature. And when I did that, it was like, wow, you know, this is humbling. This is, and, mm-hmm. and I think it really does speak to uh, understanding why this is a plant that has been with us used as a medicine for thousands of years. Right. And it's not just CBD. There are other, you know, other cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids in in the plant that also have medicinal value but but um cbd is one that really does seem to be very special Mm -hmm. totally and can you intro quickly the concept of the ecs and what that is for our listeners absolutely so um among those molecular targets in the body uh many of them are, are are associated with the ecs or the endocannabinoid system and so um you know we all went to chiropractic college we learned about the 11 systems of the body the endocannabinoid system was not one of them mm-hmm. it's not taught in any professional health training at this point uh which is a real shortcoming because it turns out that the endocannabinoid system is the master regulator of our body so it is responsible for it's it's called the eat sleep rest protect and forget uh, are kind of its main you put it into a nutshell functions but but it's actually really hard to find some sort of physiological process that isn't linked to the ECS in some way. And mm. CBD is, is interesting with the ECS and that it doesn't come in and, and nail the receptors the way that uh, THC does. And even THC is um, not nearly as strong as the pharmaceutical synthetic versions of it with, with respect to how much it activates the receptors. But, but CBD is just one of those, it's like a kind of a quiet player. It comes in and, and it just sort of adjusts things. Um, and that's one of the, the, again, another one of those things that I think makes it really special and why we see people taking very high levels of it and not having adverse events because mm. it's subtle. It's subtle. I love that. So we've talked about how CBD 
taking CBD type products can positively impact the ECS. Mm -hmm. Are there other things that can do that outside of taking CBD? Yeah. And that's really cool. So my background uh, over the last many, many years, I I have been, um, you know, primarily focused on nutrition and nutritional sciences and um, what, what has really been great for me with kind of diving in now to the ECS is that, uh, this is kind of just all part and parcel of, of the same story. So, um, nutrition is one of the main ways that we can modulate our ECS. So omega-3 fatty acids, everyone hears about, you know, you're supposed to eat your omega-3 fatty acids. You want to have a good ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. It turns out that that's because they're involved in synthesizing, um, molecules that inform and act in the ECS. And so, uh, a a Mediterranean diet a really healthy omega-3 to omega-6 ratio has a positive effect on the, what we'll call the ECS tone. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise, we always hear, you know, there, nobody can argue about the importance of especially aerobic exercise. And that turns out that that runner's high that everybody has talked about as being related to opioids for years is actually due to increases in um, our endocannabinoids, which are the ones that are made by our body that interact with this system. And then some really fascinating things like singing and dancing. There was Mm -hmm. one study that showed that singing and dancing, not only individually, but even more so as a group, increased uh, ECS tone. Um, Meditation is another one that's been shown to, and there are some other plants that uh, have have been shown to affect the ECS as well. So for instance, black pepper is is one of them. Some of those kind of stronger herbs have um, ECS activating activity as well. That's so cool. And this is something I feel like absolutely no one is talking about. No. Like as far as I knew before I learned this stuff, like the only way to affect it is by taking CBD. Yeah, absolutely. Like and it's you know, like, yeah. you want to affect that system, take your CBD product. And it's like, there's so many other ways you can also positively impact it, which is so cool. So I, my, my master's uh, research was all on omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. And never once was there any relationship to um, the endocannabinoid system. And just recently articles have been coming out showing that it is actually that ECS link that's responsible for these health benefits, many of the health benefits of omega-3 fatty acids. And most people, even, even, you know, top academics that are working in this field have no idea. Wow. So cool. All right. So at Fringe um, with CBD products, we're kind of first really honing in on three different areas, pain, sleep, and mental health or stress. Mm -hmm. So how can CBD like help with those three things? I think those three, those three give an opportunity to give interesting illustrations of how these different molecular targets of CBD can bring about different effects. So for sleep, for example, it, it is looking like because the ECS is involved in regulating the circadian rhythm and that can get dysregulated in so many people. So um, one thing that's really important for listeners to know is that one of the main dysregulators of our ECS is chronic stress. It is just a disaster for the endocannabinoid system. So if uh, the endocannabinoid system is is disrupted for reasons of poor diet, lack of exercise, chronic stress, um, we can, we'll see disruption of circadian rhythm and people obviously experience that at difficulty sleeping. And that seems to be the pathway, um, that, that CBD is, is primarily acting on, but again, we're not going to just have, you know, it, it has so many targets. We probably have other, other things going on too. Um, for pain, uh, there's a channel that's called the TRPV 
family of channels. And that um, seems to probably be the main target for CBD and pain. It's involved in nociception, mechanical, chemical, you know, people maybe remember from, from chiropractic college learning about all those fibers. Um, but the, that TRPV channel seems to be one of the main um, targets of CBD and pain, as well as the serotonin receptor. And so with mental health, the serotonin receptor is coming out as being, as being one of the, the, the main players there. And so this is, again, great illustration of how this one molecule having so many targets can bring about so many positive changes um, in, in people's health. Totally. And now I want to kind of circle back to especially consumer stuff, looking at labels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause we've kind of talked about like how important quality is and it's unregulated. And so there's like issues with that. You can't necessarily just trust anything that's on the shelf. Yeah. What is it important for people to search out when they want to start consuming CBD? Okay. So if you want to keep this simple, I think you're looking at two things. One is, does the product has it been validated to contain what it says it contains? And then two, has it been shown that it doesn't contain what you don't want it to contain? And so obviously what you want it to have in it is what you think is there. So is it 30 milligrams of CBD? Is it CBD in a full spectrum product that might have a little bit of THC in it? Or is it a broad spectrum that shouldn't have any THC? You know, what, what is it that's, that's there? Um, research studies have shown that again, looking at those samples of CBD products, many, 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 a very high percentage of them don't contain what they say they contain. And that's mm -hmm. obviously not fair to the consumer. Um, the one that's more concerning probably from a safety perspective by far is that uh, they contain things that they're not supposed to contain. And so you see things like pesticides and microbes and heavy metals. Um, you also see contamination or still that inclusion of THC that's uh, perhaps not supposed to be there if it's an isolate or a broad spectrum. Um, one thing to point out about the hemp plant is that it's what's called a remediation crop. So if you grow it in soil, it is awesome at pulling things out of the soil and cleaning it up. So it's great in, in you know, environmental spills and things like that. Mm -hmm. You can go and plant the plant. But you certainly don't want to be consuming a plant that's grown in soil that's contaminated with heavy metals. Um, and so what you want to look for as a consumer, it's actually very simple, is you want to look for a certificate of analysis, which we short form to COA, and that's uh, available to you via a QR code on your product. And then you should be brought to, to that form. And there are a few states that require a COA, but it, um, it, it's not necessarily a comprehensive COA. Mm -hmm. And uh, some states don't require them at all. So you really want to see that not only is it going to show you what's in it from the cannabinoid perspective, but you want to see that additional testing there as well. Um, and that's unfortunately the only way the onus is on the consumer to, right. um, to look for that. You, you want to look at the dates as well. Like, so it would be possible for a company to link to a COA that's, you know, older, perhaps you want to make sure that your company is testing the batch of, of, you know, CBD that, that you're, you're actually consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I think another problem too, is, um, other ingredients. Yes, absolutely. Right? You can get a gummy. That's a disaster. It's like, yeah. high fructose corn syrup and dyes and 30 yeah. grams of sugar. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want okay. CBD. Well, if I would jump in on that a little bit, there's quite a, like a disturbing, you know, pharma story about this. So Epidiolex is a approved CBD medication for kids that have 
three forms of rare epilepsy. And Epidiolex is very high concentration of CBD, but the CBD is mixed with sucralose and it's also mixed with ethanol. And so you have a product that has been manufactured with two compounds that really arguably are unsafe for children. Right. And so uh, because the majority of our safety studies and our funded research with CBD has been done with Epidiolex because that's how research works, our phase one, two, three clinical trials. Um, there's safety data that and, and the data regarding side effects that comes out about Epidiolex. First of all, it's incredibly high doses. It's about, you know, the equivalent of 1,500 milligrams of CBD a day wow. for, the, for an adult. Yeah. Um, sucralose, which is a GI upsetter. And so one of the symptoms that they determine as being due to CBD is um, mm. GI upset. And right. then there's also the ethanol. And so, um, you know, it's uh, these other ingredients are not just a problem in the products that you buy in the drugstore or the, you know, the gas station. It's actually what the government is, is selling to, or right. promoting to. Well, that's a good point too. You know, certain people may have had a negative experience with CBD, yeah. but it's like, if your product had 15 ingredients, it easily could have been any one of those yeah, things. It, absolutely. And that, and that contamination with THC has been shown to be, to be a real mm -hmm. problem. Some people, you know, if you're taking a, 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 a gummy that, um, you know, is supposed to be a CBD gummy and it actually contains seven milligrams of THC, you're going to feel something from that. And right. if you don't know that it's in there, you're going to think that it's a, a CBD product, a side effect. Right. Totally. That's a great point. So this could really be for either of you guys. I'd love for you to just to chime in because I feel like there's also a lot of confusion in and around dosing. Mm -hmm. And of course, disclaimer, we're not telling you guys what to take. This is based off of personal experience. But if someone's new to CBD, let's say they want to take it for anxiety, where might you tell them to start dosage wise, like based off Jen, what you've seen in like literature and stuff like that. And Allie, mm -hmm. what you've seen through experience, what's a good starting point? Well, maybe I'll chime in about the research and then Allison, you can chime in a little bit about yeah. more the the real life stuff. Um, research in this area, clinical research is, has obviously been limited for many years because of the legal restrictions around this, you know, product. Um, but it's also limited by money. You know, we do research when we have money to do the studies, they are incredibly expensive. There's no research to study um, a plant. Um, many, many of these industry, you know, partners and things, they don't, they don't have the money to invest this heavily in it. And so if you're doing a study where you're looking at um, giving somebody a dose of CBD and, and, and looking at an outcome, unfortunately, the majority there's, so there aren't very many that have been done to begin with. And the ones that have been done um, have not used a range of doses. Usually they're only using a single dose. And so you get a, yes, this worked, no, this didn't for a single dose. When everything that we're learning about individual responses to cannabinoids, including CBD, is that it is personal. It is not going to be the same for every person. And it can all be traced back biologically to the endocannabinoid system. Everybody has a different endocannabinoid system tone. And so your response to a product is going to be different. And so that's kind of, I would say from a research perspective, the clinical research, it absolutely sucks with respect to being able to tell people what kind of dose to take. And that's where this real world experience and evidence um, 
becomes so important. And my hope is that in time, we will have a much better understanding of how people's endocannabinoid system tone um, kind of predicts responses. And, and, you know, maybe you can determine whether a higher dose is started to, is needed to start with, for example, but right now we just don't have that information. So Ali, maybe you want to weigh in on more specifics about dosing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's so challenging because it is very personal um, and it requires people to ease into a CBD program and try to take notes about how they're feeling and how they're sleeping. And, and I think it is great that we have so many tools to help us know how we're feeling these days or how we're sleeping, but it is still kind of hard to, in retrospect, you know, I could tell you how I slept last night, but I couldn't tell you how I slept last month. Um, and so that is an area that we want to try to help people with our product connect dosing to you know, symptoms, outcomes, sleep quality, that sort of thing. I think one of the big challenges for us as a company is going to be that we are making water soluble CBD. So when it comes to our dosage, we have 30 milligrams in a stick pack, which is intended to be a daily, you know, supplement. Um, will some people, could some people use less? They probably could. Could some people use more? They probably could. Um, picking 30 degrees or 30 milligrams of a water soluble product um, is, I don't want to say it's random because it's not random. If you look at most CBD products in the marketplace today, you know, roughly on average 10 to 20 milligrams of CBD in a serving, maybe that's a dropper, but those are oil based products, meaning yep. they take a lot longer to get into your system and not as much is absorbed or is what we use a term called bioavailable, but really it's like, what value are you getting? Um, mm -hmm. How much of what you're taking is your body able to use? And that's not black and white either. There's many things that can affect, you know, how well um, you absorb a product. But for us, 30 milligrams of a water soluble CBD could be equivalent of a hundred milligrams of an oil product. You know, it's, it's kind of, I'm guessing that's, I'm not guessing, but that's a little rough. Um, yeah. you know, Jen could maybe quantify that a little bit, but I, it doesn't, we don't have to get down to one to two milligram arguments about CBD. Um, and so for us, we're suggesting starting with 30 milligrams a day, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what you're taking it for starting to make some notes. So if you're taking it for general anxiety and you just want it to be part of your morning routine, like it goes in your coffee or tea or smoothie or what have you, that you start doing that and you start paying attention to how was your day. If you're normally like feeling super anxious by noon or two, or, you know, how did you manage your mood throughout that day? If you're taking it for pain, that could also be something, you know, if it's, especially if it's chronic pain, taking it um, in the morning for the day, I interestingly interestingly take our CBD powder, like people would take Advil. So if I have a flare up of like cramps or low back pain, I don't take it daily for pain. I take it symptomatically for pain, but I take it daily for anxiety, mood, sleep. Um, and then, you know, if you're taking the CBD dosage to sleep, then you would want to take it at night because it takes effect within 15 minutes. It's at peak concentrations, roughly in your blood, you know, three, four 
hours hanging around there and then it's out of your system, you know, six hours, I think we're kind of generally saying Genevieve. So, you know, we're trying to give guidelines without being super black and white on this. Yep. Um, from a dosage standpoint, the general rule of thumb is one, it's personal, which is difficult, but it's the truth Two, yeah. <laughs> um, go slow and go low and build up because you don't want to be taking more than you need to there. It's not, um, you know, some of these CBD products are so expensive. We made ours. So it's a couple bucks a day to take CBD, which I think is super reasonable, especially if it, you know, helps you with pain, sleep and mental health type issues. So yeah, anything to add to that, Genevieve? I I feel like this is the area that we want a lot more answers to. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be hard to get. So a couple of things to say, um, if you look at the dosages that are used in the studies that have been done, generally the range will be about 25, 20, 25 milligrams of CBD as a low end and like about 800 as a high end. So you will see some of that. Now, if you're looking at this though, from a water soluble oil soluble perspective, so none of these things are standardized across the research study. So let's say you had a study that used 300 milligrams of an oil soluble CBD product. um, And your participants were taking that on an empty stomach. 6% of that on average research has shown is absorbed it gets into your bloodstream. That's the bioavailability. So if you contrast that with 30 milligrams of a water soluble CBD product, that's not influenced by the amount of food in your stomach, the same way that an oil soluble product is, you're going to see that very quickly, those numbers start to become, I mean, they're confusing, right? Because, Mm -hmm. um, so I think the challenge is that we not only see this massive range of numbers being used in research, but we also see that um, there's no recognition of, you know, have people eaten, um, you know, is this a water or an oil soluble product that's in a carrier oil that like sesame oil, for example, makes it more bioavailable by a little tiny bit? Mm-hmm. Um, is it with sesame oil? Isn't it? And there's lots of other kind of things like that too. But I feel very comfortable with our 30 milligram starting dose, um, given that it's consistent with the, the, the lower end of where we're seeing benefits in the research studies. Um, but it's also coming in a little bit higher as well, just because of the, the virtue of it being water soluble that we have sure. more bioavailability. Yeah. And I think this is just such an important conversation in the C- CBD industry as a whole is that I think a lot of people kind of lose patience because they expect something like Advil, right? Take it like clockwork within 30 minutes, your headache's done, yeah. right? Like we're so used to just a quick fix and it either works on that first dose or it doesn't work for you. And there's such just like a fine tuning process that needs to happen with CBD. I feel like everyone needs to find the sweet spot for their own ECS, right? Yeah. Everyone's ECS is different. Yeah. And, and so, it'll change too over, you know, depending on what you're experiencing, you know, are right. you, it, it, are you going through a period of extreme chronic stress and, or, or are you happy and singing and dancing and laughing? Right. Totally. Yeah. On vacation, you might not need to take it at all. You might not. (laughs) When your company's launching in a week, you might need five packs a day. Exactly. Something like that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. I love this. This is so informative. So just to kind of wrap things up, Allie, I'd love for you to tell us where can people find and connect with Fringe and to talk a little bit about the community aspect of the company, because we haven't really touched on that. And I feel like it's such an important part. Yeah. So we are launching on June 4th. So today is May 28th. We'll be launched when this comes out. We'll be launched when this comes out, which is great. So they can go to joinfringe.com. That's our website. And you can find us on our, all our social handles um, at joinfringe as well. Oh, wait, hold I on. Think, er, yeah. I'm going to back oh. up. Okay. Please talk to us about the name of the company. Oh, yeah. I mean, we should have started there, let's be honest. But here we are. Yeah, yeah here we are. Right. Um, so the name Fringe is interesting because I think if we took 100 people and asked them what they thought that word meant, I think a lot of people would think it's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, the word fringe means unconventional, um, which really translates into different. And that is something that we are going to be very proud um, to represent and to embrace. So, you know, without going into some long drawn out story, I and you, Abby and Genevieve, belong to a profession in which, and you know, this probably happens in all professions and mm-hmm. social circles and political circles and religious circles in which if you're not like us, then you're like them. And if you're not with us, then you're mm-hmm. against us. And mm-hmm. it becomes very divisive when I, th- I just think people have forgotten how much we actually have in common. And so a big part of Fringe is celebrating that um, differences are really um, embraced and that um, the majority of us are very different. Um, Most people inherently are fringe, you know, they have different thoughts about different things. And as much as, you know, whatever it may be, society in general, trying to define mainstream and unconventional you know, I think at the end of the day that unconventional is becoming mainstream, you know, yeah. that it's, uh, and that's what we want to be a part of. And so for me, the name is very positive. I'm very proud to wear my fringe hoodie or t-shirt um, to identify with that thinking differently and acting differently and doing differently is not a bad thing. As mm-hmm. long as everybody's got their intentions stacked you know, to help people um, and to help themselves, then we can really, you know, be a part of making a lot of change for good. So that's the name fringe means unconventional. And I hope people wear our t-shirts and are proud (laughs) to put that on them because it really, really means a lot to me. And I think everyone involved with fringe lives that um Mm -hmm. I it's so easy to be judgmental um it's so easy to push people away who don't think how you think oh my gosh especially the past year let alone two Mm -hmm. years let alone four years and um I think um we will set out to embrace those differences and kind of emphasize what um unites us So that's the word fringe. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So now back how to join the community. Right. So you can go to joinfringe.com. That's our website. On our website, we have started with a health 
care professional forum and community. So we are not going to grow our community on the current social media platforms that are available, Facebook, um, for example. We are going to um, grow our community on our own platform. It, uh, it allows us to kind of set an environment in which we can embody this, you know, um, radical inclusivity that we'll have. We'll have forums, we'll have book clubs, we'll have really fun webinars, we'll have podcasts, you know, it's just a way for us to build a community and interact with that community digitally. And then I personally, this is something that means a lot to me, which is growing a, a business and then servicing the very customers who mm -hmm. are there to grow our business. And so I take that seriously uh, with regards to customers coming in and supporting our brand and then us figuring out how we, you know, over deliver in servicing and supporting them. So that's really what the community is about. I, I have visions for it in which there's so many different professions helping each other out instead of closing each other out of, you know, what we do every day for all of us. The majority of what we do every day is very similar and we talk to people. A lot of us put our hands on people. It doesn't matter if you're doing this technique or that technique. You know, if we were talking about medicine in general right now, that is an art to medicine, which is connecting to people that so many of us have um, in common. And so that's what the community is about, just bringing all those people together and, and growing and, you know, uniting. I, I love creating a fun brand. So I know that Fringe will be fun and we will do a lot of fun things. Rock tape is very fun. And I like to think I had a hand in that. And I think um, Fringe will be very fun too. And I think people need that. It's had a hard year. Everyone's had a hard year. So I Absolutely. love Let's all take some a... CBD and have some fun. That's right. We took a lot of <laughs> CBD during um, the past year of the pandemic, let me tell you. And the fun part was, is we were learning about the company. And so, you know, of right. course we were, you know, what happens when you take, I'll tell you what happens when you take 200 milligrams of your own fringe CBD powder, you go straight to bed, right. you don't brush your teeth, you don't even change right. your clothes. And you sleep eight hours straight right. and you wake up thinking like you've slept for a week. Um, it feels pretty amazing. I'm it's not like gonna a vacation that. in one night. Right. Um, <laughs> Can we advertise so, that? Like eight pack vacation yeah. in 24 hours. Right. I think people will experiment on their own, but it is sort of funny what we've been able to do this year and learning about. CBD and all of us have taken so many strange products and ordered things off Amazon and mm -hmm. Genevieve's baking in her kitchen. I mean, there's, there's some bizarre things happening. going on. It's all <laughs> happening. Yeah. So totally. it's awesome. All right. So we will leave for you guys in the show notes, a link to where you can order fringe products for yourself and fingers crossed by the time this launches, we will have a little coupon code for you. So take a look in the show notes for that. And otherwise, thank you so much, ladies. This was such an informative, amazing episode. Thanks, Abby. It was fun. Thanks, Abby. You're welcome. Talk soon, guys. 
The statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the FDA. Information provided here and products recommended or sold on coffeewiththedocs.com and or our podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The information provided by this site and or by this podcast is not a substitute for a face-to-face consultation with your physician and should not be construed as medical advice of any sort. By using any of this information or reading it, you are accepting responsibility for your own health and health decisions and expressly release Dr. Nicole Huffman and Dr. Abby Kramer and its partners and guests from any and all liability whatsoever, including that arising from negligence.